This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Hover, our favorite domain name registrar. You can go to Hover.com and use the promo code GAMES for 10% off your first purchase. Plus, uh, from now until September 1st, they are running a an additional sale on the new top-level uh, domains. So you can register idlethumbs.manager. <laughs> Why not? Science.Christmas. A very Jay Allard dot Christmas. <laughs> um, Nick Brecken dot dance. Complainer Good. dot gripe. Busted dot equipment. <laughs> Good. I like your dot cards. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Condoms dot condos. Gaddafi <laughs> dot coffee. <laughs> cool dot club. <laughs> All these and more at hover.com with the promo code games. For 10% off your first purchase, in addition to these discounted, ridiculous top-level domains. <laughs> Idlethumbs.computer. <laughs> Feces.catering. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Okay. Latest.codes. <laughs> That's where you go for the latest codes, Chris. Oh, thanks, Jake. Videogames.luxury. <laughs> Give a domain to your friend with the .gift TLD. Ah! I got you a gift, Chris. It's chrisramo.gift. <laughs> uh, chrisramo.gift. Uh, yeah, I knew. I, mm. All right, Windows installer files.cab. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> son of a bitch. Fuck you, What? <laughs> God damn it. All right. Let's record this stupid podcast. It's August 6th, 2014. This is Idle Thumbs 170. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Danielle Riendo. Hey, guys. Hey, Jake. Yo. <clears throat> yeah? <laughs> yeah. S settling into your... How's that ouch. hunk? Yeah. I ate the hunk already. Yeah, the hunk's gone. I had never heard of Big Hunk until you introduced it to me. I didn't introduce it to you. A reader introduced it into our office because I told him to get Sean Vanman a box of Big Hunks. That's true. <laughs> So I get like I secondhand introduced right? it, David. Yeah, huh? That was secret Asian man. From the yes, oh. it was. It was David, mm -hmm. the best, the best at delivering us too much candy. <laughs> yes, the best at hunks. It's a beautiful thing to be. I think. We froze those hunks. They're really good frozen. It turns out, if you like them at all, um, <laughs> we don't need to talk about big. Yeah, hunks. we probably don't. <laughs> The bomb castification of Idle Thumbs yeah. continues. Well, we just talking about big hunks it's all like the time. Candy, I can yeah. I can talk about a hunk. Yeah, and it's almost even topical. 
Okay. Potentially. Topical hunk. All right, ready? Sure. All right, ready for this? I had... Uh, maybe? I had the greatest sci-fi weekend of my life. Yeah? And it started with a hunk, and it's amazing that he's How did a hunk. it end? It ended... It ended in a really beautiful way with the death of a fucked up alien-human hybrid. Okay, so it started with a hunk. It ended up... Okay. With the, okay, we're good. All right. Here we go. So Chris Pratt, who was once Andy the total loser on Parks and Recreation... But is this just how you watched Guardians of the Galaxy? No, no, no. There's so much more than just Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Okay. I promise I'll make it quick, though. Anyway... It's amazing to me that Chris Pratt is now, like, the hottest man in the universe with a crazy six-pack, and he's, like, a superstar. He's in Guardians of the Galaxy. This was interesting to me. I watched it on opening night, and the movie itself is pretty good. His abs are really good. Yeah, he was I, he was beefed up in that yeah. movie. So Okay, I have a possibly, like, really ignorant question to ask about this. Is it just a thing now that has to happen if you're a male leading man that you just have to get ripped on demand Pretty is that much. just a thing for like because a superhero you, movie i think so yeah almost any movie seemingly right like if your shirt's gonna be off because yeah. if you watch it's films, not true in comedy movies that's no true. If, well yeah. not if your character is schlubby by intention that's different sure you know what i mean but like or scrawny by intention but if you're supposed to be attractive that's what i'm saying mm. and so yeah uh because if you watch mo- even like action movies like straight up action movies from a few decades ago or more that was just not you didn't like the dudes who were in movies did not look like that yeah you look it, at jimmy stewart in like rear window or something he looks well, like a scrawny dude yeah, but he's confined to a wheelchair that's a little different right I'm but even about, he has his shirt there's like a whole scene where he just has oh, his shirt true, off right. and it's sort it's of like, like this yeah. is just what a dude looked like in you yeah. know the 50s and that sure. was fine I, anyway <laughs> i think some of like it feels like that was more a thing in the eighties too than it was like it fell out of favor in the nineties and the in the two thousands. In the eighties, like- it would be actual bodybuilder guys or like guys who were huge. But now it's like if you're Chris Pratt, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. someone like Chris Pratt, he'd, he'd he been in like a comedy action movie in the eighties would not have become enormous. Like he would that's not, true. He would not have become six pack chiseled ab man. Although like the Marvel movies, when dudes have their shirt off, it's weird. Like the camera, like it. The needle drifts out of the male gaze a little bit for a second when they show off guys. It's really strange. It does, They're yeah. shot like just like dude chests in Marvel movies are shot like a little bit different than they are in like an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie or something. It's very strange. What do you mean? Can you qualify how? I mean like in Thor 2 when he takes off his shirt and walks around, like dudes don't notice that anything's happening. Like it's not like aspirational buff guy, but like straight dudes don't notice. But like the the audience noise is very different yeah and in a way that's that, on purpose though right yes but I mean, it's, that's it, totally intentional it's almost fe- like hetero female gaze that's yeah, pretty yeah. much what they're going for in this it's, i it's, think yeah but that puts it in a slightly different place in the specifics of marvel movies that versus like just a ripped dude in that's the, what i'm talking about though that's what i'm saying like that's the difference between like an 80s action movie where it's like the whole point of it is to right, be like front in, and like center in, like bodybuilder In 80s guy. horror movies, the boyfriends are still super beefy, but it's not like there's no – that's just because they want chiseled L.A. dude in that role. Mm-hmm. But like in the same way, like I think like all the dudes in the Walking Dead TV show except for the fat guys are probably super ripped or, and stuff like that, yeah. Like which is I think what you're saying. But yeah. it just – It just yeah. – It feels like there's intentionality to the way that, that – 
dudes get shot with their clothes off in yeah. Marvel movies in particular, or maybe those are just the only movies that I've seen where there's just ridiculously ripped dudes that are genre movies that aren't about like explicitly about testosterone. Right. Sure. Like exusion. Yeah. Those movies definitely <laughs> try to cast a wider net yeah. and succeed clearly yeah. at that. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the movie's pretty okay, good, to, like, even though totally the abs are, you know, I enjoyed the movie. I didn't think it was, like, you know, a, a, an amazing cinematic achievement, but fun, I thought though. it was very fun and goofy mm-hmm. and sure. entertaining. I have not seen it, but I've heard that. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely worthwhile, I think, if mm-hmm. you're looking for something that is fun and light and so on and so forth. And then I immediately dipped in. So Friday night, I watched Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, opening night. Maybe not opening night. I guess it technically opens on Thursday at midnight. Thursday whatever. at midnight, whatever. First, whatever. First week. And then I immediately went into an Alien movie marathon where I watched Alien 1 and Aliens on Saturday night. And then on Sunday afternoon, I watched Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection. And I watched Prometheus a a week ago. Did you watch the the times that the alien fought Predator, though? Those not are... not yet. I mean, I've seen them in my life. I've seen them like okay, years I ago. Yeah, <laughs> it's I, I have I seen either. those yeah. amazing films, um, but I'm not really counting I them. I actually as part also of the haven't seen Alien thing. Three or Four. Oh yeah, I you know what? I hadn't either. Not all the way through. I feel like it was the same situation with you and Jaws. Perhaps like I'd seen oh, a sure. scene here or there, but not like me and know. Jaws go way back. You know, you and Jaws, but only very you're vaguely. Old, you're old bro, Jaws. Only Jaws checks in. <laughs> Jaws checks in. It was. I, I'm oh, curious God. to watch Alien Three actually because David Fincher directed that, right? Yeah, he, it was that his first me, movie. Yeah, that makes me super curious to see it. It's. I watched man. it. I didn't see it's, it in wait, the theater, what? but it's I, what? Oh, go ahead. It is. I don't know what you're getting at, actually. It is a very complex movie in terms of like my opinion on it. It's uh, sort of like uh, there are things that are really great about it, and there are things that are really terrible about it. And it had a really storied production. Like it was awful it was horrible david fincher was brought in like right before they were about to start shooting the studio chopped it up without his consent he he's like the only director of an one of one of these four movies that refuses to like acknowledge the movie and be Mm. part of the making of materials later on and stuff like that so it's actually really fascinating i saw that on vhs and i saw it way after it came out and all that i remember is that the CG on the alien? Because the alien's fucking CG all over the place in that movie. I remember it just yeah. looking like someone was waving like a black water <laughs> balloon in front of the video. <laughs> yep. It was really strange. It's pretty atrocious. I mean, it's from 1991, I think, maybe 1992. Oh, really? That's earlier yeah. than I thought. Because that also must drive David Fincher insane because that guy's so. all about like seamless integration yeah, of very everything grounded. in his movies. Yeah. Like yeah. everything feels like it exists inside mm-hmm. the frame. Yeah. And it's, it's not, I mean, to his credit, it, they use practical effects more often than CG. Right, but in that the movie. times when it's like crawling on the ceiling or yeah, something, there's some show it's it's like, I just like, laugh. Anyway, Whenever it's crawling, it's that's, atrocious. That's, that's all that I remember from that movie, which means I should probably go and watch Alien 3 and 4. Yeah, you should, actually. I mean, now, everybody everybody was telling me, you know, Alien Resurrection. Are you like ramping up for, yeah, Alien Resurrection? It, it, you know, I just wanted game, to right? see it. Resurrection? Or? Oh, the game is Alien Isolation. Oh, Alien Isolation. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Alien Resurrection say, is, is Alien 4. Okay, yeah, okay. I just yeah, that one So. So Alien Isolation, is this like in preparation for that or do you just kind of feel like sort of watching some aliens? This and also I just was in this big sci-fi mood and it was myself and a couple of friends and we were all sort of talking about, you know, my girlfriend hadn't seen them in a really long time and she never saw anything after the first movie. So it was kind of like, oh, we need to just do this, mm-hmm. you know, and this seemed like the perfect weekend to do it because not much else was going sure. on. So Sarah and I had been talking about watching Alien 3 because of the like contradictions almost you were bringing up. And yeah. so you going through that like live tweet 
parade oh, yeah, totally. over the weekend like re-energized my intention to finally watch that movie. I think it's worthwhile. Yeah, um, no, I intend to watch it. I, I do think, it. you know, I really love that I was able to put this time into it this weekend and watch them all through because there really is just a sort of bizarre continuity and all the differences between the movies really do sort of shine when you just watch them back to back like we did. So that's an interesting case, right? Because those are like... There are other series that are like that, right? Like there's um, – I haven't seen these movies obviously, but like Harry Potter and then oh, sure. there's yeah. like James Bond, right? There's these series that are series technically but like are directed by different people. But in the case of both of those, they kind of go through – well, like Harry Potter, those movies all came out within like what, a decade? So they all – Yeah, just pro- I would imagine feel like they're all from the same tonal and space. And there's a continuity. They, mainly yeah. anyway, although I know – Different directors have their own flavor. And then James Bond goes through like chunks, half decade, two decade long chunks. But the Alien movies, it's kind of just like four different ideas, right? Uh, Like as far as I understand it. Sort of. I mean, there is continuity. It is actually one storyline. Right. But in the Um, plot. But I mean, but that's right. But like. Each one is such a different. I've only seen the first two and they're totally different. Oh, absolutely. Sure. They take place in the same universe and like have character that is that are the same but like yeah they're those are totally different movies in Absolutely. terms of what their identity is as and films. the third one is even more radically different That's what and I the would fourth imagine, one right? is I, you know i want to so use that, the that, metaphor outer space <laughs> like it is really so far from the sure. first three that's, movies. So that's what i'm talking about right like that's a fairly rare thing because those it's not even like those movies came out it's not like there was like reboots decades apart. Right. I mean, I guess right. between... the third one was actually just called Alien 3. Like they didn't yeah. try to even. <laughs> yeah. Like... Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then Alien Resurrection came out the same decade as that one, right? They're yeah. both 90s. They were all about. I thought six Resurrection years was, apart. was in the it was early 2000s. Oh, was maybe it not? So. I no, don't know. it was it was 97. It was like 79, 86, 92 and then 97. So they were all oh. like 5 to 6 to 7 years apart. Like and you know, continuously. It was never more than that or less than that in between them. It's just really, really fascinating. I mean, Alien, the first Alien, is my favorite movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing has ever kind of come close to that for me. I don't think anything... I mean, I hope something does, you know, in the future. Um, but it, it is just, like, the best conceived, best shot, you know, horror movie, I think, ever in, in the history of, of film. And, like, yes, I'm sure that's a big, grand, bold opinion, yeah. but, you know... Then the second movie is, you know, an action movie, and everybody kind of talks about that. And, you know, I actually wrote a debate thing with one of my coworkers about whether the first mm-hmm. or the second is better, which is, you know, the big nerd debate. It's and not, though, because you're right. Yeah, I agree completely. Better. Yeah. Well, obviously I do. Anyway, so did the readers of Polygon.com. We there put a go. poll in there, and, uh, yeah, it beat Aliens, like, two to three. Like, it was, it was pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah. It was a pretty good ratio for Alien. Anyway, Aliens is is also interesting though because it it does have the sort of Vietnam War movie connotations and and some some interesting stuff there that I wasn't really giving it full credit for in my mind. You know, in my mind, Alien is here, and Aliens is I'm making a not friendly radio comparison here, but anyway, yeah, <laughs> far ahead. Hands, yeah. um, and then Alien Three is just this dark, dark, apocalyptic, miserable <laughs> hellhole of a movie, but it's still kind of good. Mm-hmm. But it's unpleasant See, to a, watch. That butt is not like dissuading me, though. Right? It's it's just not as that pleasant to watch. That butt is not watch. dissuading me, Chris mm. Ramo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the really crazy thing, like Charles Dance, <laughs> is in it for a huge Ooh, part of. He plays is. Tywin Lannister in the Game of Thrones I've never seen that. TV. Okay, never mind. It's it, it's it's set on a prison planet and okay. a, a miserable, horrible prison planet. I mean, that's fine. I, I I'll take your. 
I will take it on faith that it's a miserable hellhole of a movie. Yeah, but it, but it, I still liked it. Yeah, that's, again, as <laughs> of I course say, I that, will. Is, that is not like inherently a negative. Sure. Yeah. She talking about the alien movies makes me one want to finally watch three and four. Yes. Two, watch Alien One again, and three, play Alien Isolation, which is annoying because <laughs> I know. It's only it's two games? months out, like from today. Basically. Oh, wow, it's really soon. Okay, good. Yeah. So I'm not as annoyed. Oh, you were annoyed because you thought it was just going to put you in like just infinite limbo, mode. right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Whereas yeah, instead, out. it'll come out in two months. I'll buy it and then I'll play it for five minutes and then forget about it. So <laughs> as it goes, Jake, video games, Rod. Although, yeah. Um, I talked about this for like three seconds. I think on one episode or another, but I've been using the Steam in-home streaming stuff. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I guess that my network setup is just really good for it. It's shit for everything else. Like, my Wi-Fi drops all the time. It's just a big fucking turd. But I have my gaming PC, like, off in the back corner of my house, and I have, like, a two, three, three or four-year-old Mac Mini plugged into my TV that I just use for streaming. I might have talked about this in stupid detail I think before. you mentioned it, but you didn't, you hadn't, like, gotten I, a good I, test. I finally wired that. up my PC, yeah, so they're yeah, both, yeah. they both connect through the router now, and I think that it's a gigabit router, but, like... It's so just seamless as shit. It's crazy. Yeah. So, so what's happening? So what is so your your PC Steam home streaming works rendering like, the games. Yes. So I, then... I I run Steam on both my my PC off in the corner of my house yeah. and my Mac Mini that's plugged into my TV. Um, I have a wired Xbox controller plugged into my Mac Mini, and some guy wrote a third party like completely like OS ten native uh, device mm-hmm. compatible driver for the three sixty controller, which Steam recognizes because it reciprocates to the OS, but Steam. In the bedroom, like we've talked about this in terms of like Steam OS and stuff, but Steam are off in the corner of my house, just renders the game and transcodes it in as close to real time as it can get to my TV. So I have a Mac Mini running big picture mode on one of my uh, on one of like the multiple desktops that I have set up on that machine. So I scroll over to that and hit my games library, and it just silently actually works successfully in the That's way that awesome, yeah, like. I don't have to mark. I, I thought that I'd have to like mark games for streaming or do some sort of setup or something. Having both copies of Steam signed in, logged in as me, in the same like subnet or whatever in my in my house network, it just I click on games installed and the games that I have local have a slightly different icon and the other ones just say parentheses streamed. Oh, cool! But like you oh, just awesome. you just hit play, it goes full screen and then the game just fucking loads up. Yeah, and nice. it seems way more responsive than it would if i was playing it locally because it's completely silent like oh, it doesn't os 10 like full screen transition where the sort of it slides out of the way and everything fades out and then the game just comes up without anything happening <laughs> it's fucking weird like it's weird <laughs> and it's that's awesome i mean i know I like get that. I get uh that. brecken tried it and he said that he had some some like latency issues and some glitches and i think will smith attested said the same thing during the beta but for me, I have not. I mean, I haven't actually tried playing any like really heavily twitchy stuff. Sure. Like I like a fighting game or something. Yeah, like I I didn't even I didn't try playing TF. I didn't try playing anything competitive. I played a little bit of uh, shovel. Knight. I played a couple. Le- I played a couple <laughs> levels of shovel knight, which yeah. was fine. Like it actually, I had been playing like last year. I played th- or two years ago now, eight years ago, a long ass time ago. I played through Super Metroid on that computer on an emulator with a Super Nintendo to USB adapter. Nice. And there was more lag on that USB adapter than I'm experiencing uh, over streaming. <laughs> right. yeah. Like, I, it's it's barely perceptible, but, like, I don't really notice. And there's, like, there's some streaming artifacts. Like, it looks like sure, a JPEG. Transcoded, yeah. like, which is noticeable, especially on, like, a pixel-precise game like Shovel Knight. But I was able to play through a couple of bosses of that. I finally went back to Jazz Punk for a little while, and I played uh, most of the 
second episode of The Wolf Among Us and just being able to just be like, boop, 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 and just browse through my Steam library on my TV from my computer. It was it was nice and it made me want to play more games because I haven't yeah. had... That's awesome. I've never had my PC so, I mean, hooked up to my living room TV before. So you could totally imagine a thing that... Oh, I just want a has, Roku that does right, only exactly. this now. Yeah, like, right? We just or plug like it in an HDMI to the fucking TV. Steam client for iOS, if that supported streaming, because you can pair Bluetooth controllers to iOS devices now. So you could conceivably just buy an iPod Touch or have your existing iPad or iPhone, plug it into HDMI, and stream your Steam library off of it if they supported it, which mm-hmm. they don't. But, but they could. But right, yeah. I mean, there's other live transcoding If the Steam apps. app on iOS. If the Steam app on iOS supported <laughs> streaming, you yeah. could conceivably pair a controller to your phone... And, and take play. that anywhere. And, right, because yeah. I know like the, the, the uh, a native port uh, to iOS of Bioshock or I guess just not take it anywhere. You still yeah, which actually home. looks and plays really yeah, well. There's the, yeah. oh, I, I totally missed this announcement. I saw what, people talk about it. But... 2K China? I one, think so. One of, the, one of the overseas 2K divisions did a port of Bioshock 1 to iOS. Mm-hmm. And I read the article. I read the write-up for it, I think, on Polygon. And they said it has touch controls and stuff. But the thing that obviously makes it nicest is if you have a, a stand for your iPad... You can just pair an iOS compatible dual stick gamepad to it, and they just support the console controls on it. Which I don't know if I would ever buy Bioshock to play on an iOS device with a controller. <laughs> right, but I'm not. But hey, why not? You know, but, whatever. Might as well. Exist. I mean, I think they did it probably because XCOM did well for them, which yeah. seems like apples and oranges to me. But I guess it's just sort of let's try it. Yeah. But seeing that stuff and thinking about that coupled with my experiences with Steam streaming, I was like, holy fuck, Steam can just take over any device in your house if they bother to get the streaming protocol working in a low latency enough way so that I could just plug my phone into my TV if I wanted to and Steam would just work or like a Roku box or an Apple TV or a streaming only Steam box when those ship in 2025 Mm -hmm. or whatever (laughs) but like it's it seems like it is really finicky, like your PC config versus your network at home. Like sure. I'm sure there's a lot of places where it can still it's shit one the of those bed. Weakest link will but bring it down. The, the part where I expected that I had to go through a bunch of setup and reciprocation to get it to work, and instead my computer just had all the games. Like this, it must. I must have the filter set wrong. Like it must think this right. is all of my games, <laughs> and uh, just anything just went. It was it was cool. That's awesome. But I didn't play any new games with it. But uh, <laughs> like I immediately just put an hour into like yeah. a bunch of my back like each of some things right at the top of my back catalog that I've been meaning to get back to you're right by the way Bioshock iOS is 2k China okay nice yeah I, is that out or is it no, just it's a, just they're just it's print soon, print I, think, I think actually. It's, they said this summer which there's not a lot of summer left so. yeah I think it's coming out like next week I know um Brian Crescente my my coworker who played it uh loved it thought it was really smooth thought the graphics looked pretty nice I mean obviously they're not Console quality, but they're decent. They look good. A lot of the real-time shadowing and fog and stuff got cut, it sounded like, but like on an iPad screen. Also, that thing running on an iPad Retina display, it's probably Probably actually... That's probably Bioshock 1 running at a resolution that is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pixels in width and height higher than the resolution that you first played Bioshock 1 when it came out. In 2007, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, he he thought it was great, so that's... (laughs) pretty cool i mean i'm I'm almost tempted to to go back and give it a shot yeah potentially i don't know i obviously if it comes but out why do that when i can just stream enough. it onto my tv off of steam <laughs> yeah right it was yeah. i posted a couple tweets about it and it was surprising to me 
how many people replied to me saying they didn't know that that was a thing that you could do or that it was live. Like, I think it just mm. sort of is silently sitting inside of Steam. Yeah, the, it's not... The same way as, like, the remote install thing. Oh, I haven't even tried that, but I could conceivably buy something and remote install it to my PC, and then it would pop up on my Mac and I could stream TV. it. Yeah, right. It's, oh. it's nice. Magic. Yeah. I don't know. It was weird. It was one of those things that happens that makes you wish that everything worked that way correctly. Yeah. Right, right. Like when I modded my original Xbox and then streamed episodes of Lost out of my bedroom onto my TV, that was like the most interesting and like feeling like I had touched the future thing <laughs> ever because it was like way before streaming Netflix and Roku and stuff. But mm -hmm. And then the real Xbox 360 just did that. I don't know. Yeah. It, it feels like that, but with a video game. And I'm... I don't it know. It feels like a good experience. It was yeah. nice. It made no, me, it's cool. It made me think that maybe I'll play a video game. I won't. <laughs> but, you know, I did once now. Um, I also, I just accidentally noticed that uh, <laughs> um, Sean's Dota team, Potato Day, um, is playing their first, I guess, rec yeah. recreational <laughs> match um, today, I guess. No, they're is, practicing today. It's streaming. No, tomorrow. I'm saying the day people hear this oh, podcast. Hello, August it's today, August sixth, twenty fourteen. <laughs> um, they're playing against a team called Five Alive. Um, so I guess that'll be streamed on Twitch. Um, uh, you, the I found the schedule on recreational.tumblr.com. Um, so I don't know if you want to watch. How Sean is that play spelled? Dota. I guess that's why R Sean's not R here, huh? Yeah, that's why Sean's yeah, not he, here. That is why he's not here. Yeah, he's practicing, yeah. practicing right now. It's getting um, ready. It's R-E-K and then triational as though it were... Rec or reational. Rect R-E-K-T. R-E-K-T reational. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yes, correct. There. No, you're correct. <laughs> um, .com, I guess. Anyway, we'll plug for Sean's Yeah, that's Sean and Brad Muir and some other guys are on that team. Yeah, and then Sean, Brad Muir, Brad Muir's brother... Um, I actually don't know who all's on their team, but I know James Laylor. is Nick Herman from Telltale. I think on Nick there? Herman. Yeah, I think but then the I know Brecken and uh, Pierre Charette, who's a writer at Telltale, who was on one of the early episodes of Dota Today. I think those guys also are fielding another team mm -hmm. called uh, with AC called AC Slater. AC Slater so yeah. it's my dream that we have an AC Slater Potato Day. God, that would be incredible <laughs> matchup. Like if those that would guys, be, that would be like a I Dota, hope the brackets are set up Dota such Today that they Subway could, Series because you'd have oh my God. you'd have uh, Sean and Brad. On one team and Nick Brecken on another team. Yeah. And AC. So mm -hmm. you'd have two and two. Yeah. Just make t-shirts. Oof, that'd be good. Beat AC instead of beat LA. Yeah. If that happens, yeah. I promise now that Chris and I will do our own commentary stream oh on God. the Idle Thumbs totally Twitch will. account. <laughs> oh my All right. God. That's, so only if that happens, though. Only, only if those teams only face each those other. those two teams. Anywhere play. in the ladder, if they face each yeah. other, we oh, yeah, will, yeah, we'll do live commentary for sure. Yeah, for Definitely. Oh, and man. that's I really hope that happens now. So we can be... So we're like, oh, I guess there's a guy doing a thing. Uh. <laughs> I'd tune in, you know, for the exciting commentary yeah. and so on. Yeah. Everyone would. Who wouldn't? Yeah, who wouldn't? Kind of a jerk, Many listeners of this podcast would absolutely... <laughs> the first Idle Thumb stream in months is just an incompetence parade. I mean, I <laughs> guess it's Dota. mainly that. Yeah. Incompetence parade with Dota. Yeah. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of incompetence, yeah, <laughs> go uh, on. <laughs> I watched Alien Resurrection. <laughs> Wait, what? What? I thought <laughs> Sorry. we did. Sorry. Yeah, no, we, we did. 
It's actually really a fun movie, but okay. I, I wanted to I wanted to get a little jab in at it too because oh, it's pretty. I mean, sure. It's it's a bad good movie. So okay, it's like a Paul Verhoeven movie from the eighties. Is something. it actually directed by Paul Verhoeven? No, it's not. It was directed by the person who did. Um, oh God, it was written by Joss Whedon. It was directed by the person who, who directed Amelie. It's a French director. Oh, hmm. it feels like The Fifth Element or something. It's like a goofy sci-fi weird movie. I don't know anything about that movie. You should watch it if you're in the right mood. I would say that. I don't know if I have that mood, but yeah. maybe. Yeah, I understand. I'll watch. You should we'll stop telling it. Chris things about Alien 4 because it's going to dissuade him it from might. watching it. <laughs> it might. Especially if you watch uh, 3 and then 4 right after because those are the two Just most whiplash. tonally dissonant yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. of the series. Uh-huh. And anyway, also, speaking of incompetence, yeah. I've played some games that I was not good at. Oh, yeah? Like I can, what? I can talk about those I mean, why not? if you're interested. I played a game called Zibulba. X-I-B-A-L-B-A. Not the Bulba. Not the Bulba, just Zibulba, which sounds a lot like a shitty Star Wars character from, like, episode one. That's true. It does. It was a, like I Probably couldn't a racist stop one. thinking let's, about that. Yes, <laughs> they are all racist. Yeah, aren't they all? Yeah. Anyway, it's a really awesome browser. Like, you can play it in your browser or on your oh, iOS device. I played this Steve was, to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve was talking about it, too, the other day. Oh, okay. I bit. think I saw him post about it, then you replied to him. Oh, yeah. And then I'm like, what? Because I, I saw yours because it came later. Yeah, um, it's like a really good classic Yeah, I mean, FPS. it kind of just keeps going, so I stopped after like an hour. But, yeah. But I mean... That's all you need. <laughs> but yeah, it was cool. It was like playing Wolfenstein or Doom. I guess closer to Doom than Wolfenstein. Um, Is it actually in that, like... Effectively faux 3D pixely yes, style. Yeah, okay. so there's no like, yes. It's so it in, is of like the Doom Marathon era of of stuff. Right. It's all, all gameplay takes place on a flat plane, but you know there's so like, like a 3D maze. Exactly. It's yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but it has um, really like there's no aiming up and down, um, and the enemies are all sprites. Yeah, everything like billboard sprites. You know that face you. Yeah. Um, and you just you just run around and and. Pick collect up weapons keys, and collect you key you get cards. weapons. It's very, it's very, very doom. Only it has this really, really beautiful sound design, which I thought maybe you would be. Oh yeah, into. it was cool. Yeah. It was yeah, m- much more uh, high fidelity than that's like the one high fidelity element of the yeah. game, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, it was just kind of beautiful. It almost and also, a- it's just higher. It is just also the sprites themselves are higher fidelity than you would actually see in yeah. Doom, but they still, but still not as much as you could do today if you felt like it. I mean, it also almost had, like, it was almost more like a Doom meets, like, a Minecraft aesthetic, or Eldritch. I don't know if anybody played Eldritch. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. a really yeah. cool game. Uh-huh. Um, it, it has the same sort of chunky look to it, like a very blocky look that is almost, it's obviously modeled more after Doom, but it reminded me of that. Maybe the color design, maybe something about it just sort of Sure. Um, or uh, what was that game I me? talked about a few, several months ago, Delver? Oh, okay. It kind of reminds me of a little yeah. bit of how that game looks. Um in that the in that the sprite work is higher res, is higher fidelity right. than you'd see in Doom or something, but it's using the same basic. Techniques. So wh- what does so one do chunky. besides shoot monsters and collect keys? That's all keys. you do. I mean, okay, it's, it's, it's it. straight up. It's a Doom. It's like a Doom <laughs> oh, so it's like game. a Doom clone. It's a Doom clone. It's a total it is Doom, a Doom clone. clone. Yeah, in in a, in the in the traditional usage of that phrase, not to just mean a first person shooter game. I played this Doom shooter, clone yeah. Bioshock on my right. iPad. <laughs> exactly. Um. God, I was going to say something about this, and I forgot. I forget it now. Oh yeah, a thing that kind of annoyed me about this game. <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say something interesting. A thing that's annoying. Well, it was <laughs> it was interesting to play a game like this and react to it as like a game developer and somebody who's been playing games for a lifetime. Barf, and like, which is not how I reacted to Doom when I played it. Right, which was like, what is this? You know, <laughs> when I played, how did you react to Doom? 
what is this? <laughs> you know, in 1993, whenever Dune, I think that's when Dune came out. Right yeah, probably. So. Um, you know, like the the reaction I what had is to this? it was, yeah, that. It was crazy. <laughs> that was it. Whereas now, I play it and I get really annoyed by how the weapons are tuned. Because, like, <laughs> so the, they, um, the weapon you start with is... Uh, kind of like a laser carbine thing where it, you just, <laughs> you, sh- it <laughs> yes. can shoot very, it's not, it's the weakest weapon you have, but you can shoot very rapid fire. And because there's no vertical, um, aiming, all of your, if you, there's a little bit of, uh, of like, um, swim, like there's a little bit of spray, mm-hmm. right? So you don't, they don't all converge to a point as you fire, but they right. effectively do. They basically all go to one point on the horizon and then if they hit an enemy before that happens they intersect with the enemy right so and there's no reticle on the screen also which means when you're using this gun it's kind of the only gun in which you kind of have a reticle because the stream of fire from this gun will converge on the point where your reticle would be and so it allows you to aim very precisely but then you pick up a shotgun and the way the art is just doesn't but like Doom didn't have a reticle. Wolfenstein didn't have one, right? No, but the shotgun in those games this is what I'm talking about with tuning. Like the shotgun in those games felt, at least to me, maybe I'm just stuck at this game, but it felt like it had a much wider um, cone. Mm-hmm. And so in this game, I feel like when I'm using a shotgun, I'm using something with a with a with a like a spray that's in between, like a handgun and what a shotgun would be in other games. And so it just feels kind of pointless. That's just for pros, Chris. For me to use, I guess it is just for pros. Um, <laughs> I don't know. This is a dumb, pointless, tiny thing to talk about, but for some reason it was like it just dissuaded me from wanting well, to use it's, the shotgun. I mean, it's one of those things where if you are going to make a game that is deliberately attempting to play in the in, in the specific sphere of those games, comparisons are going to be that direct because those are the differences yeah, other, than, other than aesthetic When all choices. you can do is run around and shoot and one of the things you can shoot with is a shotgun, <laughs> you're going to com- get compared to Doom, especially if you... Yeah, if, like it's a, if it's a, like... <laughs> 2D gameplay on a 3D surface, sprite art, fast-paced, pixely, first-person shooter that has a shotgun in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Also, I found the... A thing that JP has pointed out about Doom that really, like, made me look at Doom, maybe not in quite the same way JP does, which is impossible. Um, But, like, JP made... Has made a lot of really fascinating observations about Doom, one of which is how much that game is about mobility and evasion, um, which mm. is just not what modern first-person shooters are about, at least not, like, kind of first-person corridor crawls, right? They're about, like, slamming yourself into cover. Um, right, the closest place that stuff about lives at this point shields. is, like, fast multiplayer arena stuff. Yeah, which is, mm. there's very little of it. And even things. then, it's different. Yeah, I mean, well, there just aren't that many of those games, yeah. really. Um, because most of those games that exist, you know be they Counter-Strike or Call of Duty or something. We should talk about that one those in games, that trailer, though, yeah, in a I know, I know. In those games, if you get headshotted, you're just dead, right? And those are, like, trace weapons. Those are trace weapons. They're yeah. not... Like, in the thing that's interesting about Doom is that enemy fires a projectile at you, and it it's... Like the imp fireball. The, yeah, like the imp fireball, exactly. And you have time to, like, dance around it. Um, like, it, it makes that game feel totally different from how modern first-person shooters do. Does this not... And you can get away with that because the fidelity is low enough that it doesn't come off as ridiculous, right? Like that might look really silly in 
well, it definitely looks silly in Call of Duty because that game is not set in like hell on Mars. But like, <laughs> yeah. but you know, in in a game of Call of Duty level fidelity, it would right. set in a fantastic world. It would still feel a little weird, probably. But in Doom, it totally works, and it's like a really fascinating, great part of the dynamic of that game. And that's another thing about this game, Zabalba. Zabalba. Yeah, that feels like it just isn't quite the just enemy design and like enemy projectile design, like how much. Like the the variance of it and like all those values feel like they could be better. I don't know why I'm complaining about this. It's free and it's really cool. And I I would still say if you oh, have it's an any excuse fondness, to talk about Doom, basically. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, if you have any too. fondness for that era of games, um, which I don't even really, I guess, compared to someone like JP, but but if you have any connection to it at all, this is still a fun thing to load up for free in your web browser and play. Yeah, I mean, I honestly had a lot of fun with it. Again, yeah, yeah, not totally. not even really being not anywhere near skilled, you know. I'm I'm not even like a really sure, I mean, skilled player with modern FPSs. So, this was just honestly fun to have a little nostalgia trip for oh, yeah, when totally. I was like yeah, 9 yeah. and Absolutely. playing something, you know, on Super Nintendo or something, some shitty terrible, you Super know. Nintendo didn't Super Nintendo did get a Doom it got a port, Doom port. Yeah. yeah, and I think I rented it from Blockbuster video. Good frame rate on that too, yeah. I bet. Good stuff. So, yes, it's worth it's worth your time. Totally. Can since you spell you it again for to. people? Yeah, it's X I B A L B A, I believe. God, Zibalba. That Zibalba. is a, that is a shitty. It's close. Yeah. Like, ah, Zibalba. Because, yep. Like <laughs> the Trade Federation. Exactly. Star Wars names are either exactly. something just like Zibalba or they are cool Gaio. Right? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> like, Darth Terrible. Yeah. God, what are the the hut names are the worst though. Like really? not just Jabba, but there's like what are the other ones? There's called? like Dingus the Hut or something really? ridiculous. It's it's something I mean, I, really I don't terrible. Even know why I, I even act surprised. Yeah, it's it's something awful. It's not actually Jackass Dingus, but it's like that. Yeah. Shithead the Hut. <laughs> Basically, yep. It's really Darth subtle. Sidious. Yep. It got a lot of subtlety there. Star yeah. Wars. Qui Gon Jinn though. Where where'd that one come from? I mean, this is Obi Wan Kenobi, right? Like, yeah, it's just, just there's syllables. That one template, and suddenly everyone who has the same job, all their names came from the same JavaScript generate, like name <laughs> generate. Like, what kind of universe is this? They got a small child to try to pronounce names of countries or something, and that's what it was, <laughs> basically. That's probably true. All right, little Sammy, what's that there's one? There's probably something that silly that George Lucas <laughs> relied imagine. on. Yeah, I mean, probably. Let's be honest. It's a here. scientific method, you know. It's really quite special. You guys want to take a break? Sure. <laughs> take look for Lauren. Yeah, yeah, we can take a break. <laughs> I don't know if you wanted to talk about that one game and that marketing inside of that other conversation because it seemed like it belonged there. But oh, what? That. that that modern that first person shooter that was not free to play and all that stuff. We could talk about that when we come back. That trailer that oh, the toxic. Yeah, yeah, right. It just so, it, it yeah. Related. We might as well just mention it just real quick. Do it. There, I, I don't know the team that's I don't know the name of the developer of this, but Toxic Team. It's not Toxic <laughs> Team. There's there's a, uh, a a multiplayer first person arena shooter coming out called Toxic, which is horribly spelled. Isn't it like T O X X I K or something like that. I think it's T O X I K K. Oh, oh God! Yeah, yeah I'm it's pretty it bad. Um, My phone suggests a- Toxin. Uh, that I mean that would have been better. Maybe I don't know. Um, Anyway, it it is one. The trailer is like one hundred percent aimed at people who 
came up with like, Quake Three Arena, Unreal Tournament, maybe some tribes east, yeah, tri- sort of stuff. tribes maybe, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, oh, like yeah. it has double T-O-X-I-K-K. jumping, like rocket yeah. jumping. They have mutators, which is an Unreal Tournament thing. Um, they go out of their way to say like no recharging shields. Yeah, they like, put out a, they put out a no trailer for it, and it, it it was a it was a trailer that knows its audience aggressively, aggressively well, and it revealed yeah. to me that that audience is a probably no longer me. Uh, <laughs> but the trailer It's more than not you at all, though. Right, like it's a little me. You're not 100 percent outside of that. There's a that little me circle. in that. Okay, there's there's a little bit of me. There's a fair amount of me that would enjoy this game, but the way that the trailer was presented, yeah, the trailer was, was pu- pushed me off it a little bit. But pretty, like yeah. at the same time, I I have to have some respect for that trailer because they put out a trailer totally. that was just footage of people moving around at incredibly high speeds, like high field of view cameras showing just people wrecking each other with all sorts of weapons. The same way that it looks like when you watch a playback of a Quake 3 or an Unreal demo. Right. And then the title cards come up and they just say, like, no cover system. <laughs> no leveling. No leveling. No, <laughs> no health trees. regen. And then, yeah. like, they list all these things that it has, like, mutators, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. It's all these things that it doesn't have. And then, like, two-thirds of the way through the trailer, like, time dilation happens and the word free-to-play comes up. Just oh, huge and full screen. Yeah. And then, right when you're like, oh, fuck. No slams in over the top. <laughs> yeah. like, okay, fine. Oh, like great. I went from yeah. being annoyed at the trailer to being to to forgiving my annoyance at it and still right. being passively annoyed. Right. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. it went to the like I went from the guy who's annoyed to like the coach sitting at the sidelines, just sort of giving like, yeah, you're all right. Nod <laughs> to someone or something. Like just like, yeah. Uh, so good. But the- ex- except then, and it, it was called Toxic with I know, two- and the developer is called Reactor with oh, two Ks. Yeah, it's oh. like I yeah. whatever. Mm. The first like, line on their website is frag like it's 1999. I know. Like, that's it's what I so mean. Like, good. they're they're just, they're like, they're just going all in. Septupling yeah. down yeah. on Which this. kind of great. But, I mean, it's fine. You know, <laughs> if you're going to do this sort of thing, it, you might as well do it. It at least looks like someone is, yeah, like, they're, who knows what this game, is it playable yet? I don't actually know anything about it other than this trailer because I didn't pay any attention yeah, to it. I don't it. know. I think they just announced it. Like, it's a game that can easily suck. Just by virtue of it being a competitive, oh, it's going into closed beta this year, arena so first person yeah. thing. But it was—it's nice to see someone just saying, "If this is what you like, this is what exists." But at the same time, I'm saying that while Epic is doing a new Unreal tournament from scratch, so like, I don't think that Unreal tournament versus Toxic is going to have the same level of headbutting cultural <laughs> as claim Quake as Quake Three versus UT. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, also, I never know what to. I never know what to make of unre of companies. Like when Epic made Unreal Tournament three, I this this goes to my the same. Um, maybe it's just people haven't found a way to do it that clicks for me. But it's very similar to imagining the like imp fireball in a modern kind of sci fi first person shooter. With modern fidelity, this like, is why Team Fortress Two track. captured me for as long yeah, as it did. Exactly. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> when Epic made yeah. Unreal Tournament Three and it looked like Gears of War or something, even though it's way faster than Gears of War, it didn't. Have you seen the art tests for Unreal Tournament New New One? It's no. gorgeous. It's really interesting. Oh, really? Yeah. They um apparently there were well, like GDC this? talks about this from the their lead like level artist, but they they did one of their streams, which was the one that everyone noticed because it had a ton of beautiful art in it. Yeah. Was 
them talking about their sort of philosophy of visual contrast and really stark simplicity in their design. So the levels, like the level, it, it wasn't an actual environment. It was just a like an art test that they showed. Test, yeah. And it was like, it was geometrically detailed as fuck. Like it was, it was, it was greebly as all hell, basically. Right. Like it was just <laughs> pipes and panels yeah, and yeah. hoses and stuff. But it looked like it, it looked like it all was like in a really old area of a sci-fi prison, but has been now under government management for like 80 years. And it just has been painted with the same white paintbrush like 500 times. So the entire level Huh. Actually, also kind of has that like mirror's edge. Oh wow! Simple, yeah, like it has it, yeah. that oh, except really cool. like so it's all painted that like clean white. But then if you look at the details, there's still little bits of rust and little bits of detail. And then they just have brightly colored stripes uh, along the walls, and they paint surfaces for contrast so that you can see when like when like the boundaries of a room and like the the big stripe along the walls lets you really cleanly see the shape of the space that you're in. Mm-hmm. But it still has the really heavy heavy details and materials and atmospherics of a new Unreal Engine. How that pairs with like player movement and people jumping and rocket jumping and all that stuff, I don't really know. But like, I looked at that and was like, okay, that's actually like you're not giving up any of the epic engine demo, high fidelity stuff. Right. But yeah. it's very thoughtful for what the function of the art that's is cool. inside I mean, that of the game. Really like that's good. it was really interesting. I want to look this up for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's um, I actually cut that piece of the video out and made a little bunch of little videos of it. If you're interested, oh, cool. yeah, I mean it's actually a really good demo. Also, if you're a total layperson to this, you know, it's it's very interesting to hear sort of the art director is actually giving a walkthrough of it, and it's about nine minutes long, and it's I, yeah. know, I think it's very interesting. So cool. Yeah, it's it's. And it's I mean, cool. the thing about it that is both cool and less cool is the, the <laughs> all the content in this new and real is like it's made in by Epic in partnership with stuff that the community makes. Right. So in that video, yeah. they're like, this is a thing that we're considering as a template style for the game. So I mean, we know a lot of you out there are trying to figure out what visual style to hit. Here's some of the stuff we're thinking about. Maybe this is what you should do. So I don't know how consistent that's going to be across sure. the actual game. Yeah. But like, I bet that there are people now who watch that video and are in their homes reverse engineering that for the things that they're going to submit to mm-hmm. to try and make content for this game. It was yeah. I don't know, it was it was interesting. Cool. Cool. Yeah. But it's good stuff. Yeah, it's so like the aesthetics of Doom and scaling those up and having the mechanics and the aesthetics both scale up seems nearly impossible. Yeah, I know, it really does. Unless you're underwater? Well, Unless you're underwater, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, just in terms of the speed of the fireball or the speed well, of a projectile or something like that. The, I feel the, like that's the only oh, I see the thing way about it is like, that. Except you have to go really fast. Doom felt incredibly real in yeah. the in the early '90s, but if you look at it now, it is a wacky, crazy, fucking stylized place. <laughs> it is yeah. nuts, and no one who tries to make things like Doom now tries to make things using that same insane. High contrast, super weirdly, like, yeah. stretched, sure. melty, just fucking weird stuff. Like, if you actually looked at the specifics, like, I suspect some of that was just we want it to look real so we make everything really textured and, like, really sure. high contrast and weird. But you could probably look at all the stuff in Doom and, and strip the intent out of it and just look at the execution and make right. a high fidelity thing I think that is not be, real. Yeah, I think it would still be a really difficult challenge, though, because you you have to fill those pixels with something and choosing to fill them with nothing is still a very big choice. Right. Right. Like you have to do something with all the extra like visual information that can fit in your textures and in your geometry and just right. on and your screen space. For all of the weirdness in Doom style in all directions. 
if you get into that game enough and you get to a part where the lights turn off and one thing is flickering in the corner, that's still, for me, yeah. as effective as it, has, as it has been always. And as it Absolutely. is in every game where a stupid flickering light in the corner scares you. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> but, like, mm-hmm. having, like, I don't know, doom. Yeah. yeah. Zibulba. Zibulba. Toxic. <laughs> Toxic yeah. Zibulba. Exes in games with guns. Early 90s. And today. today. <laughs> Take a break. You're listening to Toxic FM, the early 90s <laughs> and today. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Video games. A world of thanks to our sponsor, World of Tanks, for this episode. World of Tanks is a 16 on 16 free to play online multiplayer game in which you control tanks. A world of them. There are tanks from seven different countries. This is the thing I learned. Uh, the Soviet Union, Germany, Britain, France, China, Japan, and the United States. Did you learn that from the World of Tanks document? No, I, lear- I learned that from Wikipedia. Oh. You control these tanks? Mm-hmm. You control them. You shoot them at each other. And if you go to playtanks.us and use the offer code THUMBS in all capitals. Capital T, capital H, <laughs> capital U, <laughs> capital M. Capital B, capital S. Thanks, thanks, Jake. Capital Thumbs is yes. hopefully the name of the character that you play in World of Tanks. Yes. Anyway, uh, you will get some exclusive deals. So uh, playtanks.us, offer code THUMBS in all caps, access to hundreds of tanks, authentic tanks. Hundreds of thanks. <laughs> tanks for the <laughs> memories. That's just your deal. <laughs> Video must place big hunk ball on table. <laughs> must eat big hunk. Cool. <laughs> I got this big piece of big hunk in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Big piece of big hunk that got big, chunk. There's a big chunk of hunk <laughs> in my face. This is... <laughs> I was avoiding this one because it was so huge and gross, but I should have gotten it out of the way earlier. Huge hunk. Got this huge hunk. Huge gross hunk. Mm-hmm. Gross hunk. What a disgusting hunk. You know, is that, is that like a stuffed animal of a dog? It is. That is Jay Allard. That is Jowls CFO. Allard. He's the Adelphim CFO. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. He existed before the painting. He's the original Jay. He's, he's the first. Yeah. Jay Allard the first. Jailer the second. Put that on a little plaque underneath. Yeah. Man, we should just commission a portrait from Blambo of that Jailer of the dog and put that there and have it say Jailer one and then Jailer two. Oh man, yeah, we should. That's a good idea. Oh, it's beautiful. (sighs) Okay. And you wouldn't have to put that. That voice back. Right, because then we could buy a third one of that exact shitty frame (laughs) and put Jowls Allard up. Jowls Allard. That's what the J stands for. Oh. That guy, look at him. Oh, that's so good. Yep. I never knew about Jowls Allard. And then we also need another painting of Salacious Crumb, which we call Bobby Kotick 1. <laughs> <laughs> Video games. Back to the podcast. podcast. Man, so over the break, I was watching some of that Unreal Tournament 4 or whatever they're calling it. Um, Unreal Tournament 2014. It's just called I Unreal Tournament. It's called, yeah. it's called yeah. the Unreal Tournament. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
That's what you want so much I right really now. I really want that desperately. You want that to be just a really nice sort of tasteful font. What, just like the Unreal Tournament, international style? Hey, yeah, fancy. Yeah, <laughs> the Unreal Tournament. Enter the Unreal Tournament. <laughs> the international Unreal Tournament. God, now I just now I'm just thinking. Enter of, Unreal of Tournament horrible, dot international. Now, when you say enter the Unreal Tournament, I'm just thinking of a terrible, like um, Tim Burton oh, fucking Alice in Wonderland treatment. Oh, mustachioed, top-hatted man. Oh, so enter the Unreal Tournament is like enter the Enchanted Forest, right? Yeah, like a peril or whatever. No, because enter the phrase "enter the Unreal Tournament" to me, like a carnival. There's like a fucking carnival cart. Pigment and Dreamfinder in there. It just brings up to me the lore of Quake Three Arena and Mortal Kombat, where enter the Unreal Tournament is when a fucking chrome guy on a throne <laughs> summons the warriors from a bunch of generic yeah. non-existent IPs to kill each other. Right. That's so like, to turn each other into b- fucking jib piles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or for those who pronounce jif as gif, gib piles. <laughs> gib piles. <laughs> piles of gib. Yeah. Warrior gib. Uh, um, so, sorry. I actually did watch some of that like visual development stuff for real. And it oh, for real? Fucking cool. Get it? For, it's really uh, fuck you forever. Um, it looks really, really cool. Your your Mirror's Edge comparison is not far off, except it's as though Mirror's Edge everything had like forty times as many vertices everywhere. Yeah. Right? It so also feels like, though. It feels like walls and stuff. Mirror's Edge really after like the city was evacuated after like the Chernobyl. Disaster. But, but like, it's not. But it's not that it's like ruined or shitty. No, it it's just, just it, it just looks like, like it has not been as main, maintained as cleanly. Like the paint isn't as fresh as it oh, is. Oh, sure. In okay, edge. yeah. But yeah. also, just geometrically, there's just way more. Yeah, it's just bulky shit everywhere. Yeah, but not in a way. I shouldn't use the word shit because that implies grime and all the stuff that comes along with those games traditionally. No, it, but it's not it that. looks. It looks like. A more industrial version of like the exterior of Star Wars spaceships, but yeah. someone then spray painted it all matte mm-hmm. white. Yeah, you almost mm. you were you were compared it to the film, the original film Alien. Yeah, which I think is a totally good comparison. That bright white, you know, uh, industrial space look it looks really. Yeah, cool. I non sarcastically used the word yeah. greebly earlier, so I apologize <laughs> to everyone for talking about greebles. That's fine. Greebles. greebles. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, that stuff is I. It's good that you guys were aware of that because I had <laughs> when I, I had just obviously been talking about Unreal Tournament three and how it felt like just the obvious extension of other modern first person shooters into this context in which that doesn't really fit quite as well. And you're you're like the exact thing that I would have want someone to have done is exactly what they did, which is just not take any of those assumptions. And say, given all this fidelity, what do we do with it? Um, without breaking right. the point of how you're supposed to parse these games visually. That's really cool. Yeah. They're actually trying to communicate stuff really overtly in the design. Mm-hmm. Instead of and being like, like me, even you're in, a, you're in a steel forge, but also it's just a video game level. Right, like, and there's no. a lava pit. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this game will probably surely still yeah, have sure lava pits and a fucking steel shit. forge they, yeah. and chains. The guy pointed out that this was just only this was only one environment and other environments might look different. Yeah. I hope they stick to this basic premise, right? Because Quake 3, um, as I recall, the multiplayer... No, I guess there were some pretty grody... Yeah, Quake 3 had some stuff wacky stuff. 3, yeah. But most of like the the main maps were generally a lot of like flat... Yeah, reasonably monochromatic stone, and but then it Unreal, just because Unreal Tournament really, yeah. yeah, Unreal Tournament was I guess a little more sci-fi, and Quake was yeah. a little bit more of the weird sort of like 
but there were gore stun. Yeah, but there were hmm. Quake Three levels that were totally. It's because Quake Three had all those curved surfaces yeah. stuff. So they their their whole thing was like big, clean, huge, like faceted stone that then just had like a wacky esophagus like right. coming out of it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the art director at some point esophagus and and sarcophagus. Yeah, Our one of the few sarc- games in which both <laughs> of those things can be yeah. present. That's now also the name of a fucking garbage death metal band or something. No, oh. a- like uh, morbid antique store on Valencia Street. <laughs> oh esophagus God. and sarcophagus dot Christmas cover dot com. Merry Christmas. The art director, his name is Chris Perna. I think um, he he sort of goes on to talk about just really really broad strokes generally what the aesthetic feel is and he makes the comparison he's like oh i know i'm making this comparison but here it is um from sort of the earlier unreals feeling a little bit more like the tim burton batman like a little Mm. bit more exaggerated a little bit more cartoonish and then trying to go for a more mature you know chris nolan batman look for this still exaggerated still sci-fi but not you know quite as cartoonish i guess that only reads to me in like the, the like loosest, really high level, yeah, yeah. most high level yeah, analogy because sure. it doesn't look anything. Because it doesn't like, look like Christopher Nolan Batman. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's. I, I think he was. He was just using that as a metaphor. You know, it's in too terms bad game of developers like, are only capable of using that as a metaphor. Yeah, <laughs> like, right? that's like that's true. you know, that's there's a lot like, of kind of like aliens. There's a lot of things you could use to create that metaphor without. But I think I like feel like he actually said Batman less aliens, badass. more alien in that video as yeah, well. He did. He does. Which is which is more accurate. Although now that's also that's the go to of the 2010s. I guess. Yes, because yeah. Alien Isolation is also all about less aliens, more it's, alien. Yeah. It's really true. I would way rather, like, I feel like a lot of people, including this podcast, <laughs> were, like, begging for less aliens, more alien for yeah, a long I mean, time anyway. So, like, fine, good. Please no, give yeah, more aliens. If you're gonna, yeah, sure. Yes, do that. It's fine with me. If an alien is going to be involved... Do yeah. it this way. Have Keep the that only, ass have out of here. Only one of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you make it good. Yeah. Whoa. Shots fired. True. Okay. Chris. Mm-hmm. Video games. Oh, I played um 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 Crypt of the Necro Dancer. Ooh. I yeah, about this. this game is really cool. It's really, really cool. I don't know anything about that game, but that name kept making me think that it was a Penny Arcade related thing because that name sounds like <laughs> uh, the name. It is definitely not. I know. Just the name like a Crypt, rinse, like precipice. Crypt of yeah. the Necro oh, Dancer yeah. no, sounds like, sound like, like one of their paperback yeah. trade paperback collections yeah, or something. Yeah, no, it totally does. As far as I'm aware, it does. Absolutely I'm, really I'm sure. That, I know that it doesn't. I've looked and found that it didn't, but that was, okay, that yeah. was why I wasn't paying attention to it. Right. So I didn't know. I knew this game existed and I knew that Danny Baranowski was doing the score for it. Um and I knew nothing, literally nothing else about it until I got it on Steam, installed it, and played it. Because anything that broadcasts its intention to make music... I mean, I didn't know how this game made use of music, but I assumed that it did because of its name and the fact that the involvement of its composer was more noted than it usually is in any, in like most games. Um so I'll give any game a shot on that basis. You know, doesn't mean I'll like it, but I'll give it a shot. And uh, so I downloaded this game. I installed it. And it's really cool. It um, A lot of people have compared it to Spelunky, but I don't really... It doesn't... I understand why. Like, it's a 2D game with randomly generated levels. And it's like you're going deeper and deeper underground in this, like... You know, again, randomly generated kind of adventurous environment. But... Um, I don't 
it feels more to me like something uh, like um, Binding of Isaac or Nuclear Throne or something like that. I feel like – oh, sorry. Actually, before I get into these these subtleties, I'm going to talk about what the actual game is. I'm sorry. So the thing about this game that is unique and why it's called The Crypt of the Necrodancer is because the entire game is quantized to the tempo of the music. So the entire game ticks, Is there an actual constant beat, though? Yes, there's a constant beat, and the whole game ticks along uh, to the rhythm of the music. So everything happens once per beat. Enemies move once per beat. Enemies attack once per Does beat. Does your guy move like, once a yes, beat as well? You, your lady moves once per beat, or you can... You can, so is it actually gridded out the way that you move then? Like Yes, it's a grid. Okay. Yeah, it's a it's a top down 2D grid. And uh And you can also choose to not move by not pressing a button, I imagine. You can, but you'll lose your combo. So the way this works, <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's oh, actually shit. really cool. Yeah. <laughs> so the way this works is there's a constant beat and you it's like represented vi- audio, you know, auditory auto orally by just hearing it obviously, but then also um uh, visually with like a pulsing heart on the bottom of your screen and um, like beat markers that converge on the heart to just make it even more obvious when the beat is coming. And you can do one thing per beat. And that thing can include moving or attacking or dropping a bomb if you have found bombs or casting a spell like if you have found a stuff, spell. Yeah. But every single one of those actions is executed just using the four arrow keys. Those are the only inputs you have in the game. Which I thought was kind of weird and annoying at first, but it actually makes perfect sense. Does that mean you can play it on a DDR mat? Yeah, you I, totally could. Yeah, yes, absolutely. I, I imagine that's the people, purpose of that. People do it. Well, I don't yeah. think it's the specific purpose, but it's. No, I'm sure they had that in mind as a possibility. But the actual reason is because it allows you to just keep one hand constantly on the beat. You don't have to switch the the like right your right hand between your right hand and your left hand. Yeah, your right hand just every single beat you're putting a command in, and once you kill. As you kill enemies while adhering to the beat, you rack up a coin multiplier, coin multiplier, which affects how much money you get from enemies you kill. You can get up to a 3x multiplier for killing several so, enemies in a row on the beat. And as soon as you either get damaged by an enemy or miss a beat, like for any reason, right. um, you lose your multiplier. So you don't have to stick to the beat to complete the game, theoretically, but like it's the longer very the chain satisfying. you build yeah. up. Yeah. It is both like visually and orally and orally satisfying to keep that combo because when your combo's active the the floor tiles pulse in like an alternating disco floor pattern <laughs> which just this sounds weird but it all this all works really well i think yeah. um and you also get that multiplier so it helps in a gameplay sense as well does uh, the music mix up as you build up as well like like what happens? No, but the music is uh, the music isn't responding to what you do in the game, as far as I can tell. But the game responds to the music in some ways. So, uh, for example, my favorite ex- my favorite example is the first time I encountered a shopkeeper in the game. You know, like a lot of these games just randomly place shopkeepers, and th- during certain parts of the track, not the entire track, which I think is a really good choice, but just during certain parts of the track, the shopkeeper sings along with like. <laughs> a synthesized you know like when when you have like an old casio keyboard and it has like the voice patch and right, like oh, 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 yeah. and it's all synth stuff the shopkeeper sings what along does it sound the, like no it's <laughs> sings along to that and the first time that i heard that i busted up laughing it was so fucking funny because the music <laughs> is basically it's like chiptune dance music so right so it's 
it's like chiptune stuff, which obviously fits well with the um, the aesthetic, right? It's a kind of SNES styled two um, D game, uh, top down game. But then the 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 way the music rises and falls is like a dance track, and just hearing this like goofy faux singing melody line just come in on the top because of both where you are in the track and because you're close enough to the shopkeeper. Right, that you can hear Because it starts out, like, faint when he, right. if you're not close to him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and as you get closer, it gets loud. And then as you open the door to the place, like, it just busts out because now it's, like, not a clue. Oh, good. Yeah, Man. it's, it's yes. really, really good. It's just that Do stuff the little is lips sort of, like, move it's so like that you can kind of tell or does I mean, he bobble get, yeah, a little I get, bit? I yeah. Think so. I can't quite remember, but I think yeah. so. You know, I think they sell it well. Yeah, so you awesome. said the controls are just on the arrow keys. Does that mean that to do things like moving is literally you press up, down, left, right, and then other ones are combo so presses attack or something? is also just direction. So, oh, so if you if move so, into an enemy, you yeah, attack Yeah, you attack him? them. Yeah. But you have to – the thing that makes it challenging is you have to weigh that against the enemy's patterns, right? Because the enemies also do everything once per thing. So some enemies mm-hmm. just go – up and down, one tile back and forth forever. Some go in a circle. Some like wait every other beat, then attack. And so you need to be careful. So it has it has some of like I don't play a lot of turn based games. The most recent thing that I played that was even remotely like that style of thing was Hitman Go, which is stupid because it's nothing like that. But just right. So that game feels turn based. This game feels real time because you're pushed along by the beat. Oh, because also so the enemies not... will move if you don't move. Uh, yeah, they will move on the beat. So this game is kind of like a more traditional roguelike where the whole world is all operating on a shared time scale. Mm-hmm. You know, like where as you move, they'll move because you by moving, you're ticking the world along. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of feels like an old school roguelike in that way, except that there's this constant beat that gives it a f- character that those games don't have. There's actually a mode in this game. There's an alternate character you can play called the Bard, which just turns off the beat requirement and you can just move as fast as you want. And every single time you move or do anything, the enemies do. So it works. That more is like closer most... to Hitman Go then. Yeah. Yes. Or one of these old. Or like an likes. old rogue. And I actually think it was a like... real bad move to put that in the game because I, it just when I play it, I just imagine people playing it that way and just optimizing for that style of play. When I, I It just feels totally different. And I feel like they should have just fully, fully doubled down on the thing that makes their game cool and tuned everything around that. Maybe they probably still did. They probably still did tune everything around this sense of like mental energy that you need to keep up um, with the beat. But um, I was kind of bummed when I played the bard thing because as a video game player, it's so easy to always go for the path of least resistance. And that mode definitely is right. Like when I play that, I'm like, Oh, this is so much less stressful. Also when there's nothing going on, I can just go way faster. Whereas in the normal game, I have to, I can't go faster than the beat or I'll fuck up. And it just makes it less special. You know, like it's easier to play. So my brain wants me to do it that way because it's like, you don't have to worry about all this shit, but the resulting experience is less satisfying in retrospect. And I feel like that's always a really dangerous design space to be in. If you're making a game, because you don't want to give your players a seductive option that will make the game less meaningful, you know, like, cause people will just do that. Or some people will anyway. Yeah. Um, I think, whereas I think there are things they could do to allow for more player preference. Like you, they, what they could do, I don't know, they could try something. Maybe they did try this and it didn't work well. But they could try something like just general plus 10% or plus minus percent tempo modifier for people who just want to speed things up or for people who can't keep up. Um, because the Because the whole game is working via MIDI. It's not 
the tracks are not pre-recorded. So there are like buttons you can hit on the floor that for like four seconds at a time will ramp the tempo way up or ramp the tempo way down. And that stuff is really cool because it just makes the whole thing feel all together, you know, just makes everything feel of a piece. It's cool. Um, This game is in, I think, alpha right now. And it doesn't, one of the other reasons it doesn't closely remind me of Spelunky the way it does for some people is that to me, it just doesn't feel as like perfect as Spelunky. I know that's a terrible thing to say, but like (laughs) everything about the way Spelunky is tuned to me feels so it's like lightning in a bottle almost. Um, the, the other thing that's very different, this is another thing, actually speaking of JP pointing things out, like (laughs) I remember having a conversation with JP last year about just randomly generated games, um, broadly, and we were talking about, maybe I've talked about this on the podcast, I can't remember. We were talking about the difference between 2D games that are side-scrolling and 2D games that are top-down. And I think that, I think there's something about being side-scrolling that just allows systems to interact in a way that they can't when they're top-down because gravity exists. Gravity just being there mm. all the time means yeah. that there's just yeah. a constant force present always. Yeah, exactly. But it also means the game has to be real-time for that to mean anything, yep. right? Like, turn-based games where gravity is important are usually not as impactful as real-time games where gravity is important. Although I'm sure there's plenty of exceptions to that. There always are, right? Um, so in this game, because it doesn't have that way of just objects kind of physically interacting, you don't get at least... I have not, after several hours of play in Necrodancer, I have not gotten that sense of, like, emergence. You know what I mean? Things don't... New results don't occur because of, like, chain reactions I set off or because of things bumping into each other and, like, creating... That's doubly hard by everything being quantized and stuff. Yeah, totally. This is not a criticism. It's just I've seen so many people talk compare this game to Splunky. And, like, right. It's a different thing for me, and I'm yeah. not saying a worse thing. It's just a... To- it's just... For me, Scratch is a totally different itch. This is more like getting into this very predictable groove, whereas Spelunky is like getting into a groove and then your groove jumps the tracks onto a totally different <laughs> groove and it's right. suddenly your brain is exploding. This game is more like getting like listening to the music and sort of communing with the music through the game, sort of, but <laughs> with these like punctuated moments of stress because there's a really specific feeling you get playing this game knowing that you have to make possibly a fairly complex decision about where to move because there's three different kinds of enemies all within a couple squares of you. They all have different move behaviors. And so the play and they're going to move when you move. So it's like, fuck, if I move up, is that skeleton going to jump into me? But if I don't, if I move to the left, then is like this dragon's fire. Is it right about to pop? Is it going to like area of affect me into that fucking square? Like you have to process all these things, but you don't have any, you only have, a fraction of a second to process them because the music is going to happen and you yeah. have to move. Yeah. So it's, it has a very specific kind of pressure and like mental exercise that it demands. Um, I don't know. It's cool. It's a, re- I really like this game. It's one of those games where I, I can play it a few, t- it's permadeath basically you die and you start over. Um, like a lot of these, does it have a daily challenge? It does, which <laughs> oh, nice. it's cool. I'm really glad it does. I, um, I'm not into, I'm not like, deep into this game enough that the daily challenge has like grabbed me. But that was another but, thing that JP said that I think is actually totally true, which is if you're making a game like this that has yeah. procedural content and permadeath and it's, it's replay focused. Yeah. yeah. Take just the, do take it. the time to put a daily <laughs> challenge in because yeah, why not? Yeah. It, 
it's not free, but it's a lot closer to free than most game modes are. <laughs> yeah. Because it feels more substantial than it is, right? Like, yeah. it's just... If you can come up with a way to have a reliable seed that everyone gets every day, you exactly. probably do it yeah. just in case a bunch of people start streaming your game. Uh-huh. Like, For sure. Right. Might as well do it, yeah. Um, so I like this a lot. Uh, there's, there's a... Th- there's a part of it that I don't know I feel about yet, which is that the main game mode, you can buy, you collect just diamonds as just one of the things you can find in the game, and you can use those to buy permanent upgrades, like things that increase your health hearts or, you know, do do other helpful things. Um, and I don't... Even after permadeath? Or is this... Yes, that just oh, becomes wow. part of okay. There's other upgrades you can buy that sure. only last for the next playthrough. Sure which I'm also not really crazy about, but the permanent ones, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it because there's also a hard hardcore mode, which to me feels like just the normal mode where every time you start the game, you just start with two health because that's what your character has mm-hmm. and you don't start with anything special and you just play until you die. But this game, because of the sort of tempo quantized quality of this game, it it, it does feel just kind of harder than most games and so maybe they found that some people just were frustration just became enough of a thing that they wanted to provide a sense that you and i know steve would like that probably i think steve (laughs) really dislikes games with no permanence or kind of progression and wasn't this something we we talked about this a little bit when rogue legacy came out because that game yeah but that game that's that felt to me more integrated into the core design of the game that's fair because yeah, the, the the yeah the genetic thing yeah passing it, down your you traits. Could, yeah. I know some people still weren't crazy about it, but I that to, that to me just felt like an entire game built around that concept. Whereas in this game, it feels like a start over each time randomly generated game that has some stuff you get to keep also in it. Do you, do you hmm. know what I mean? Hmm. Like it it doesn't. That's fair. It's it, less I mean, fundamental to the. Actual. It also yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I, but I don't know. Right? I would, ne- I would never game, play Spelunky like at the level that you would probably, play it. So, yeah, but like the only thing that I ever thought when I was playing Spelunky was maybe I'll finally get good enough that I can pay that guy to dig a fucking hole so I can jump farther ahead in the game. Whereas <laughs> if you're a real Spelunky player, that is not relevant except for practice for the real game. Right. But like, I guess the way that it's integrated in Spelunky, also you consider feels, more harmonious no, that, than this. Yeah, I do. That feels totally different to me. Like the. The skipping things in Spelunky is like, I totally understand. That's a utility thing, right? That's like, yeah, I've gotten to ice caves only twice ever. I don't want to die next time I spend 20 minutes getting to ice caves. So I want to practice ice caves, right? So I can get better at it. Yeah. I mean, realistically, that's not a great tool to actually beat the game because you're not going to have... You're not going to have all the stuff. You yeah, do. right? Yeah, like, that's that's, that's not a f- philosophical thing on my part. That's just, like, realistically, it's not... Yeah, well, no, I mean, true. Daily Challenge, also, you can't use them, and that's ended up being all I played. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have, like, strong feelings about this, right? It was just... it When I get those upgrades, it just feels like not what the real game is to me, but that's just bullshit, right? Like, that's just my preconception. It's not necessarily real. So, um, or universal anyway. I mean, it's real because it's how I feel, but it, it, I don't necessarily expect everyone to feel that way. Um, anyway, whatever, all that, all that said, it feels like they have a more, I guess what I mean to say is with like the multiple characters and the buying stuff, but there's also a hardcore mode, like all this. And there's way more doors of other modes, I guess, that I haven't unlocked yet. And there's also like other characters you unlock that will sell you things in between games. Like it feels like there's more. <laughs> 
accoutrement in this game than it feels like I would expect. But that, but like, also, you know, what are my expectations? Whatever, it's just made up shit for my brain. So I don't know. That's just my reaction. But the actual core game that they made, the actual loop of playing this game, I think is really, really cool. And it's also not done yet. So whatever. None of my, none of these opinions necessarily will carry through. You know. So you didn't visit the crypt of the Necrodancer. <laughs> I I did. Uh, if that's a real place you get, which I assume it is, no, I did not reach it. Yeah. I'd really like to play this. This it's, sounds it's cool. really really fun. Yeah. yeah. And it feels like they're relatively um, forgiving on the beat matching side. Like with the first time you load the game up, you have to do um, a minute of visual calibration and a minute of audio calibration as you like just hitting the up arrow. Are they, is, are they just testing your sense of rhythm? No, they're testing the latency of your system. Okay. Because I, because I, I thought I, it was actually like a competency test. No, 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 no. Nice. Sorry. I started talking about that. Then I veered off okay. as I was remembering this. And that was my bad. I played the game. I first played it on my desktop windows machine. And then I played it on my Mac laptop. And it, the game is on, is um, on both natively and Linux as well. I think so. That's nice. But uh, I noticed that the values were totally different. Like the video latency was way higher on my Mac laptop than it was on my PC. So that was like seeing that there actually was a distinction made me glad that they put that in there. And I'm sure they found in testing that yep. it was necessary. But anyway, the thing I was going to say originally was that it feels like they're pretty um, forgiving with the beat, right? Like if you're basically, it feels like plus or minus like 25% on either end of where the beat falls they'll they'll give it to you so it feels it, it you know it feels it doesn't seem feel like you have to be like a musician to right to play this game because if think you most move outside of the beat is there any penalty for it or is there's nothing happens yeah yeah you lose your multiplier you lose your your okay so if you actually go way off tempo it's it's the equivalent of doing nothing for a beat oh oh yes yes okay well yeah because going off tempo means you're not hitting it on where sure, i didn't know if it was like yeah. it was if, if you could hit any time before it and it was like you're effectively programming the move for when the beat hits but it is oh, actually like you have it's to, pretty forgiving like you can you can go pretty far ahead but you can also just but you can if just you hit it, it on like literally the offbeat you will be fucked yeah you can, okay. right correct but i mean i'm sure they because the thing is you get all the benefit of being someone with a strong sense of rhythm by just doing it well yourself and it feeling right and you don't right. lose anything by them allowing you to be mushier, right? Like it's they made the right. correct choice by not requiring by not making it really rigorous because people who can keep a beat really well, it'll still feel cool. And people who can't are not just gonna They're not gonna be like, oh, it's fuck not just this. gonna be a pointlessly yeah. frustrating experience. Right. Yeah. So I mean I, I feel like that was the right sure. choice. Yeah. Anyway. Do you want man, to read I went on a long time. I'm sorry. Send? Yeah, let's find some good enough. <laughs> uh Chris just had a lot to say about that. Crypt. That's right. I know. I'm sorry. Jesus. I, I started another game, but I'll talk about it next time. Okay. What is it? Sunless Sea. I don't even know what that is. It's pretty cool. Next week. Next week. I'll tell you all about it. Okay. Let's see here. <laughs> I was very so, excited. Casper Nico. You were very excited? Are you sad that you can't talk about it? Oh, no. I'm, I'm it? just it? excited for next week. Okay. Yeah. Something to look forward to. Yeah. yeah there you go. Yeah. Um, so Casper writes, Dear Thumbs, I enjoyed the conversation about uh, about reader slash internet assumptions regarding conspiratorial relationships between game developers and reviewers, but I thought you were a bit dismissive of the suspicions of consumers. 
It's not only childish outrage and self-centered me-first thinking that prompts its responses. Documented and extensive collusion between companies and parallel sectors, between politicians and corporations, and between news and media outlets and the power brokers they ostensibly cover is well known in many parts of the world, including the U.S., a phenomenon some, some refer to as the politico-media complex. We share a history of terribly problematic media reports on the nuclear industry, on U.S. tobacco companies, on the low-fat food craze and every other diet fad, on NCAA corruption, to name just a few examples from popular media of the past few decades. The culture of conspiracy and fear in which we live is irrational and unscientific at many levels, but also does have a specific history in a political context that should be taken seriously. P.S. So glad Danielle joined the podcast, and thanks for all your great work together and as individuals. Best, Casper. Thank you for the shout-out. And I do actually think there's there's merit to talk about these things, obviously. Like, there's no such thing as a oh, perfect system. Actually, oh, I'm sorry. Can, before I respond, I'm just going to read another one because we got basically a similar oh, email cool. coming from a different angle. Uh, Man Your Post writes, Hi, Thumbians. Long-time listener here. I was interested in your discussion about ethics and gaming journalism from the last episode. While I sometimes agree with... While I somewhat agree with you guys and girl, there's a related issue that's been bothering me, and I'd like to pick your brains about it. So, um, okay, well, he give some background here that we kind of already covered. So uh, let me just get to the actual meat. So whenever industry people talk about this subject, whether they be journalists or developers, they swear black and blue, they've never heard or witnessed a scenario like this happening, but they all, including you guys, fail to mention the Jeff Gersman slash GameSpot controversy. I, that was the first thing that I was going to talk about. <laughs> okay. So regards here, to Casper's yeah. email. No, go ahead. A quick recap. Gersman was fired from GameSpot some years back. Rumors circulated he was fired due to publisher IDOS's pressure after giving a big AAA game, Kanan Lynch Dead Men, a less than glowing review. The game's publisher was heavily advertising the game on GameSpot at the time. After the fact, Gersman himself uh, suggested the rumor to be true. Here's a link to his Wikipedia page just in the careers section. Um, I find it hard to believe someone as well-respected and known as Jeff Gersman, a guy who runs one of the most popular gaming websites on the planet, um, is passed over when it comes to these discussions, even though it's a key piece of evidence proving shonky deals do exist between publications and developers. Why do you think that is? Um, so he's saying he's not suggesting it's right throughout the industry, just that it has occurred. Um, anyway, uh, love from Adelaide, Australia, Tony Regardi. P.S. Please thank Danielle for joining the Adel Thumbs podcast. She's a wonderful addition to the show who knows her shit when it comes to gaming. Um, so, uh, yes. Sorry, Jake, you were going to actually oh, well, just, address this. I mean, I know we sort of said we don't know any of these that happened, but obviously the Jeff Grossman thing... It feels like explicit details never came out about those things, but they never do. But that, and wasn't there like a driver game that got that made headlines for having like paid, like yeah, promotional, promotional considerations sure. tied to reviews or something like, like to say that this stuff doesn't happen, especially at incredibly high budget, high level talks, is would obviously be false because. It happens everywhere in all media in various places. I don't think that it directly touches the actual people writing the articles in yeah. the way that one might immediately jump to, with the exception of times when it becomes a blow-up noteworthy exception to the rule, like the Jeff Gersman thing. Like, And the other thing is, like, its presence as a possibility is very different from it being the default place that you jump when something happens that you don't like. And that's the thing that I think we're, right. we're mostly trying Absolutely. to refer to is like, this doesn't make sense to me because it doesn't match with my worldview. It's probably a buyout. It's probably a buy-off. It's probably a conspiracy. It's, it's like, it's not, it's probably not. I mean, it could be. Right. But Occam's razor usually applies, right? Yeah. Usually the reason this person gave the game a negative review is because they didn't find the like, game to be good. There are probably situations similar to the 
Gerstmann GameSpot thing that happened and went the other way and the person wasn't fired or didn't quit. But also, they're probably infrequent enough. Well, like, also, I think you hear about a lot more people getting fired or walking out of jobs because of paid reviews because there are enough reporters with scruples in the world <laughs> that if that came across people's right. desks, they wouldn't just be I like – most of this stuff yeah. comes out. And I think – yeah. The, speaking of which, I think one of the – weirdly, maybe one of the things that suggests this probably is not super common in the kind of media we're talking about – is because we do end up finding out about it in places where it is rife in this industry, such as like YouTube, YouTube streamers. Streamers, yeah, like that is kind of like that. Pay, apparently, paid consideration and sponsorship all over the place. In that. Yeah, and right. Without being disclosed, too. which is which is the or like the. Um, I remember people were surprised in a way that that surprised me when it was revealed that the Conan O'Brien clueless gamer thing is. Like a total roll of the dice, whether or not it's a promoted segment or a segment because they're like his writing team and community just team funny, yeah. just thought it'd be funny. Mm-hmm. They don't differentiate when he's like, yeah, like that's that if was, he's there's playing, actually a really yeah, there's actually a really great um, segment on John Oliver's show last week tonight that um, you can see on that show's YouTube channel if you just search for YouTube John Oliver. Um, he did a segment on native advertising, which is really good in this regard. That's all about the rise of this phenomenon of um, media outlets running advertising that is styled to look not identical to, but very similar to their mainline reporting. Um, yeah. And it's it's a weird fucking thing. Um, like that, there's like, to me, there. Because advertising is everywhere, right? Like we do advertising on this show, but like there's a big difference between kind of not really disclosing it <laughs> and just stating. We're even farther from the line than traditional advertising, though, as a podcast, because podcast advertising, the hosts just break from the show and we read the ads ourselves. We're encouraged by advertisers to talk about our personal experiences with the brand in a way that does not happen on television shows and hasn't happened since like. The Flintstones like the were animated 50, right? smoking cigarettes <laughs> right. yeah, to yeah, advertise yeah. cigarettes. Yeah. Like, you know, not in the episode, but like fades out to a commercial, then it fades up. And Fred Flintstone is sitting there saying, I love cigarettes. You should smoke them. Like that's <laughs> that's the model that, yeah. that podcast advertising yeah, uses, which kind of. Well, sort of, it, except that Fred Flintstone doesn't break character to state that he's doing. This <laughs> episode of the Flintstones is sponsored by. Yeah. Marlboro. Yeah. 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 No, that's true. But like we opened this episode with. 30 funny domain names that we thought were hilarious because we were right. paid because to we were say that sponsored stuff. by well we yeah. weren't paid to say those things but yes we were paid exactly. to discuss things right yeah. i think there's a huge sort of class issue at, at the core of this you know i think there's if there are conversations happening where somebody's trying to buy someone out so to speak you know buy out good editorial coverage it's happening at such a high level you know, it's not happening to the scrub writer who, like, you know, has 10 hours to play this game and try to finish it and that sort of thing. You know, I can, I can say, like, as a reviewer, I've never been solicited for any of this stuff. But I've certainly seen emails where, you know, a mobile game company with, you know, not perhaps the best history or the best morals has, has you know, tried to say something about, like, oh, how much for, uh, you know, oh, blah, sure. blah, blah. Yeah. Like, that sort of stuff does happen, but... In the in the mainstream game industry, in in sort of the games that we would review at Polygon, that sort of thing, it, it's very much like I, I can I can hardly imagine that happening because 
you know, the writers are separated in such a way from like the people who actually make money for the website. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there's things are divided in such a I mean, way. I guess that that's it's, why on like YouTube streaming. Right. Because thing, there isn't this division of right. labor. Exactly. And that I guess is why something like Idle Thumbs is in between those two. Right. Because we we're not the actual people who sell the ads. We have there's a different company that does that. So we're not actually like soliciting money personally. But like. But yeah, it's not it's sort of in between those other two poles, right? Yeah. I don't know. It's a weird thing. Well, it's we, weird. We definitely have in my office, like, you know, I, I sit next to the ad people and like there have been conversations about like what we cannot talk about together because of, of things like yeah, this. Yeah, traditional like, separation thing, of church and state. Like, yeah. No, you can't, you can't tell me what what game did well or whatever and now we, we have ad sales. Like we, you can't tell me about that because it's not fair. You know, it's not right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's weird though. It is. It is a weird thing, and it's it's a strange thing in exactly what you're talking about in this landscape, where it's like some of these divisions don't make the kind of sense that they used to make anymore. Some people who work on products <laughs> well, also are working on ads, it's be- and it's right. It's because you know. most right. It's because to maintain that distinction, you need to employ enough people that you can have those be separate departments, and that's yeah. getting harder and harder for media outlets. And that's even hard, even when you have a massive staff too. Just yeah. just considering how weird and different and and sort of um, unexplored some of the territory but is about still, making money online. You there know? are still some hard and fast rules that you can choose yeah. to adhere to or not. I mean, like the Conan O'Brien stuff and YouTube streamers feel like it's a hundred percent they're in the exact same boat to me. Which is, someone comes up to them and says, "I will give you a lot of money to dedicate your main content." To my content. Right. That's the place where it gets completely insane. Yeah. yeah. No, that's clearly. But like that's it's unsavory. there are circles in which that is 100% fine now. Right. Like those ones. Right. But those are also <laughs> those not. Two, yeah. But like. <laughs> yeah. That's not even a conspiracy. There's no conspiring in that case at all. Like there's <laughs> nothing. To, it's just literally someone saying, yeah, OK. And just doing it. Like there's right. no, no it's, it's there's true. no collusion. There's no masterminding. It's just like. Right. It's. Yeah, it's, I will take your dollars to do an episode about your thing. Right. Done. It's above board to everyone except the people watching it. I yeah. guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a weird it's, thing. It's strange. Yeah. Ethics. Yeah, I would like to thank Have Toxic for sponsoring this episode of Battle <laughs> Thumbs. <laughs> Zibulba, thanks for. Uh, yeah. Thanks for making it all. I'd like happen. to thank the Alien Quadrilogy on Blu-ray. <laughs> I purchased it on YouTube. Hey, does that mean I'm a YouTube shell if I purchased it on YouTube? That is, you purchased yeah. it on YouTube? I did. I purchased every I one still, of those movies it's, on I know, YouTube. I know that that's been a thing for years, yeah. but I still... It's crazy, That'll be the huh? last place. It's not on Amazon movie? or Netflix. Did you know, Chris, that you can? <laughs> this segment masterfully <laughs> sponsored by YouTube. Like, yeah, like Fox <laughs> has all their knows? classic movies. God, that would be the most Imagine incredible. this conversation happened to played for laughs in an episode of New Girl. Ba-ba-ba. <laughs> like, I mean... <laughs> Jesus Christ. I think the bottom line is have an ethics policy. And stick yeah, to it. but yeah. It's I mean that's the only thing that you can I think point the bottom to line when is have ethics. Happens. How do, do bottom lines have ethics? <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. Um all right. So Dante Douglas writes, "Hi, I'm Dante. Just a quick clarification on genes regarding uh the discussion about Alan Wake's genes." Yes. So, <laughs> Dante, is this the guy who wrote us before? Yeah, it is. Yes. 
Oh, wait, no, sorry. This is the email we already read. Oh, what? I was gonna no, say, I was like, follow-up. Oh. I, I listened to that episode, and I was I was really enlightened by oh James. Oh, my God. I thought he was writing a follow-up. I guess I forgot to move this to the, the right category. <laughs> oh. So I know. Man, hey, Dante, if you want to write oh. us back. Oh, my God. Jeans, More like, fashion just, advice. That's fine. An- let's analyze all you the characters. Enjoy, obviously enjoy it. Yeah. Um, Sad Yeah, I know. Sorry, yeah. that was my bad. I got you all excited. Oh, um, my God. I'm dewy. Um... I learned so much. I wanted more Alan Wake gene tips. Yeah, I learned so much from listening to that letter. When people just write us those huge info dump emails, it is an incredible experience. It's so great. Oh, we should mention um, Sean Lane, known as Synthetic Gerbil on the Idle Forums, did a crazy motion graphic treatment oh, yeah. of the uh, <laughs> Cyberpunk Cop Killer conversation from the episode yes. Cyberpunk Cop Killer. It's, uh, it's on our blog, blog blog.idlefums.net. Uh, you should just check it out. It's really yeah, good. It's really good. It's really good. Um, all right. So it's Sean fun. Malloy writes, LARPing Minecraft. Uh, Dear Idle Thumbs, love the podcast and I'm super stoked you've brought Danielle on full time. Thank you, everyone. I was just at the park with my two-year-old and while We're she We're only was... reading the emails that say that. By yeah. Way. Not the ones that say kill <laughs> her and just... bury her somewhere. Yeah. I was just at the park with my two-year-old and while she was on the swings, I listened to a group of older kids, say eight to ten years old, who are, for a lack of a better term... Uh, LARPing a Minecraft session. Oh, one yes. Ki- <laughs> so one kid was acting as kind of a DM and was calling out threats. Spiders over there, skeletons. While the rest were pretending to shoot arrows. Once someone was judged to have died, the DM kid would yell, you have respawned with 24 arrows and three sticks. <laughs> <laughs> that, that by itself was pretty, pretty trippy, but the capper was the following exchange. Kid one, skeletons are attacking. Kid two, I'm using my AK-47. <laughs> Makes machine gun noise. Kid one, there are no AK-47s in Minecraft. Kid two, it's a mod. Kid one, no mods. <laughs> oh my god! The twenty-first century is weird. Cheers, Sean Malloy. Fuck that! That's the best. <laughs> no. What? No Sorry, like that hit me and sank in, and then disappeared, and then hit me like yeah. three times harder. <laughs> It's a mod. There are no mods. Yeah. Oh my god. I know. Oh my god. That's incredible. The part of Nick Brecken's reaction will be played by Jake Rogers. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. That's magical. Yeah, that's good. Whatever. That's really good magical. work. Good work, kids. Good work, Notch. <laughs> All right. Last email here. Max, Fuck. Max Fuller writes. Hey, Sean, Chris, Jake, Danielle, and maybe Nick. Nope. <laughs> Last week, you guys mentioned the old Blades design of the Xbox, and Sean said, The 13 or 14-year-olds who listen to Idle Thumbs have no idea what we're talking about. I'm mailing you this to say I am 13, and I do remember the Blades UI. Me and my brothers had it on our Xbox 360 for quite a long time because we had no way to update the software. This sounds like I think... this, the sounds that I think Sean was making fun of when you scroll through the UI were very nostalgic, something I've never really felt before because of my age. It made me remember when we first got our Xbox 360, and I was maybe seven, and we only had Need for Speed, Oblivion, and Trivial Pursuit. So I used to just play <laughs> Oblivion, but I was too shit at it, and I had no idea what was going on, so I just rolled around on the horse. Thanks for the podcast, Max. Oh, I love that email. That is so beautiful. Oh. I love those three games. Those are the three I games. I know. That's such a classic. Like, like The family got a, a, a system for Christmas or Hanukkah, whatever. Right. They celebrate. And they, and yeah, like, they got Oblivion, Need for Speed, and Trivial, Trivial Pursuit. Pursuit. That is such a plausible, obviously, because it's real. That's such a like totally perfect thing to have for years on your console yeah. where you weren't able to update the system software because it wasn't like there wasn't a place you could plug it in in your family's house and it's it wasn't a priority to your parents right like as an adult if you have that console you can just arrange your house 
the way that makes <laughs> right. that work. But if you're a kid, it's like, look, we're not gonna run this a cable. This is what you got. We bought you. You're gonna have to games. live with these fucking blades, right? But whatever. Feel fortunate. You got to live in. You got to live in Allard's world a little longer than a little longer than the rest of us. How great is it that this is like a a child experiencing nostalgia for the first time? Like that is amazing. I'm sorry because you're listening to this episode, and we're just being old idiots about it. But like, (laughs) no, this is amazing. I love this. I love this so much. Yeah, that kid is awesome. Also, this guy interviewed uh, me and Sean, and intends to interview you as well. Yes, for our forums. So I have to respond to his questions. Yeah, this kid seems pretty good. That's awesome. Yep. Go, Max. I know. That's the best. All right. Blades. Yep. Now I'm so glad we talked about Blades. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's all the... Oh, man. This kid had their, their first nostalgic, nostalgic experience. nostalgic response to that shitty, whooshy blade noise that we made last <laughs> week. Yeah. Someone on the forums somehow also had access to an Xbox 360 that still has Blades. Yeah, it was like his and friend they, uh, did the same thing, didn't plug it in, because the 360 did not have Wi-Fi, right? So you had to have a yeah, wired connection it, for yeah. it. Until, like, way late models, I think, maybe they added it, but I the original remember. 360, I think, was just a wired connection. Yeah, yeah. Mine was from, like, so 2008, someone, someone and it's forums, still... Yeah. Yeah. Someone of the forums had access to his friend's 360 with Blades and Vined the Blades. Yes! Yeah. It's crazy that the Xbox 360 was marketed as the intro to the HD era, but it didn't have Wi-Fi and it didn't have HDMI. Yeah, (laughs) that's fucking nuts. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, consoles. If you have a question or overheard some kids doing something crazy or have a nostalgic response to fucking blades, (laughs) write us at questions (laughs) at idlethumbs.net. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week. You're supposed to say bye now out loud. Bye. Bye. That's how you always end the episode. Bye. Bye bye. That's better when Danielle does it. <laughs> Unless you want to talk about more stuff. Uh, this episode was brought to you by World of Tanks. Go to playtanks.us and use the offer code THUMBS in all capitals. Uh, I'm not spelling it this time. <laughs> they know how to spell thumbs. They listen to idle thumbs. I hope so. Dot net. Uh, use the offer code THUMBS in all caps at playtanks.us uh, for exclusive deals and also to access hundreds of tanks. They listen to idlethumbs.computer. That's true. idlethumbs.computer. <laughs> bye. Bye-bye. There you go. There it is. That's the stuff. <laughs> That's the stuff. That's the stuff. That's the stuff. That was lovely. I, thought I really enjoyed that episode. Oh, it was cool. really fun. Thank you.